Support for Pivot comes from BetterHelp. How do you know when your social battery is running on empty? Maybe you get a little snippy with your friends or perhaps Scott Galloway. Or maybe you just fantasize about canceling plans, creating one excuse after. You're fantasizing about me? No, 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 never. You're fantasizing about me. Again? Again? Not once. Not once. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Get off my ad right now. All right. Canceling plans, creating one excuse after another, why you have to stay in. I do that to Scott all the time. It's not easy to keep track of how much socializing is right for you. Therapy can help you build more awareness of what you need and when. BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy with licensed professionals. Scheduling is convenient and finding a therapist suited to your style is quick and easy. And we all know Scott Galloway needs therapy. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash pivot today. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pivot. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And Kara, I've officially cemented my status as a boomer. No, you, what have you done? It's not I, I, we have easy. a lot to talk about, Scott. It's not easy to offend every constituency really? with a tweet, <laughs> Kara. It's not easy to do that. Scott, you offended me. You offended really? many people. Yes, well, we will talk about it. We will talk about you it. And the, yeah. It's also the wrong take. That's the worst part about it. It's the, wor- oh, okay. the wrong take, which we can debate in a second when we get to Big Story. Scott did a tweet. <laughs> I do that, that all not, the time, by the way. <laughs> Scott did a tweet that many people did not like, and we will discuss it when we talk about the big story soon. But Scott... Scott, yeah. you're getting beat up on the Twitter. I am, you know. Honestly, it's deserved. good for me every once in a while, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When's the last time this happened? Oh, gosh. It's been at least, let me think, 24 hours. Are yeah, we talking no. about my home life or Twitter? What are we talking <laughs> Twitter, about? Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. No, I got, yeah. I've got. i I've gotten a bunch of, occasionally I just yeah. combinate. Well, I've yeah. gotten a bunch. Rebecca's yeah. gotten a bunch. We've all gotten a yeah, bunch. Let me just, just tell part you. Let me of it, just, right? It's we're going to get get to it in a minute, but let me just give you a basic rule of life: women are not the reason men are bad. Okay, let's. Just well, okay, do. hold on. No, we're not arguing. You right saying now. that? Well, you can't get away with that. You saying <laughs> that somehow implies that I intimated that, which I, I understand that. So I want you to explain yourself, and you're going to do that in in full. No, explain yourself. I, that I, I quote it in I, any I way. I think a lot of people that came women away. Are responsible yes, or, but people implicitly came away with that idea. I got dozens and dozens of texts about it. So I, if everyone and me thought that same thing, we can talk about it, which is the problem with Twitter in general, which we will discuss. I think okay. you didn't mean to say it that way, but it, how people hear things, especially in this highly- no, My dad always said, communication is with the listener. Exactly. So um, anyway, let me just let me just talk about Twitter, by the way. Speaking okay. of this idea of misinformation, then we will get to the big story. Yeah. It's actually GameStop. I, I think your take on it is inaccurate, but we will discuss it and debate it. Um, but Twitter has launched a new crowdsourced tool called Birdwatch to regulate misinformation on the platform. It will give a few select users access to the tool to flag information and give more context, much like Wikipedia. Oh, no. Yeah. Is this a good move for Twitter? Too little, too late? You know, you 
you have been on Twitter and you've been doing a lot of research on the platform and including how badly its stock has been doing compared to many others and how many opportunities it has missed. But um, what do you think of this crowdsource tool? I'm like, why do we have to do their work for them? That's what I thought. Well, I mean, I, I think would whatever, this, it's a way I would to flip this back to you with one All question, right. and that is, okay. is this an interesting tool that leverages technology to make the platform a less toxic place, or is it kind of the typical a big tech, we want to abdicate responsibility and give it to somebody yeah. else so we don't have to take responsibility like every editor, every producer, and every other media, media company takes. What's your take on this? Um, well, it's interesting because I just, as you know, interviewed the uh, CEO of Parler who gave that, had this weird jury system of five people that are in a pool and they all decide up and down on things. And obviously there's the controversy around Facebook's oversight board, which is taking the big questions off of the off of the table of Mark Zuckerberg. I, I, it all, sma- I agree with you. There's Lot, this is so big, it's going to be really hard to figure out how to correctly, and I hate to use the term police, but moderate these platforms in the best way possible. And any tool is welcome. But this idea of crowdsourcing stuff, and I know it works sometimes, but Wikipedia has all kinds of big giant holes people drive through and abuse. Um, it's hard to check. It, it's just, I, I, ultimately, when someone asked me what to do is, I don't think you can do anything given the way these platforms are built. They are not controlled in any way. And with everybody flowing over them, you're going to miss, you know, a lot of the problem. And so I just, I don't know. I just am like, oh, all right, here's everybody else sort of telling on each other and it might work in general, but, and Wikipedia sort of works, right? I mean, a lot of people rely on it and in a lot of cases it's good. In other cases, there's issues. And so I'm not sure. I I honestly, I don't know if this can be fixed because humanity just never stops um, lying, essentially. Well, Um, the the issue is uh, Twitter doesn't lack from a guardians of gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so there's a self-policing mechanism that is it actually happens. part of the toxicity because I think a lot of this is nothing but uh, a head fake around what they should and could do, and that is identity. Right. And they fall back to this purist journalistic viewpoint, well, what about the anonymous Twitter feed that a, a female journalist in the Gulf meets? And I'm like, there's got to be a way we can figure out yes. such that legitimate people with legitimate issues that have real threats to their person can be anonymous without having trolls and bots create a level yep. of toxicity and elevate content that is bad for the Commonwealth and just generally just kind of digital exhaust. So, mm-hmm. but they don't want to move to to the more obvious, more effective solution because it would reduce. Um, Money. And they don't have the ability the to do so. And, you know, as we'll get to in a minute, Reddit is the same thing. I think Alex Stamos made the point is they don't yeah. have the systems in place to figure out who's lying and who's not and who's gaming it and who's not. And and that, you're right, anonymity is a real problem for these platforms. And the other part is that it's it, people do catch each other and check each other, but it's mostly on opinion. I don't like your opinion. I don't like, as you just experienced, but that's what really happens more than factual stuff. And then it becomes an argument over factual stuff. Like, no, that's not what happened. No, the election fraud. So I think it just gets into this. It's become such an opinionated space. It's very hard to do fact-checking on the platform that's not done by a, a, a larger source that just makes the determination rather than a group of people. And I this is I just heard this from the parlor guy, and he got in so much trouble for the idea that he didn't have any control over his platform um, and didn't seem to care and took no responsibility for it. And so, and, and, and put in a system that wasn't scalable and wasn't quick, you know? But the, so. The, again, uh, so... My understanding of LinkedIn is they kind of pretty much verify your identity. Yeah. And and I don't think I don't think lying is even really the biggest problem or 
toxicity. It's it's that the amount of lying and toxicity, the not taking responsibility for your comments. Yeah, yeah. Um, leads yeah, to- Yeah, you're right, and, anonymous. And when somebody comes on and says, uh, you know, this is a bad take and you lose a lot of credibility here. Mm-hmm. If it's someone's, if someone's identity is there and they really think that, then fine, have at it. I get it. And if someone right. has a bad take on something, fine, own it. But when it's, when you don't really know their intentions, you don't know if they're trying to undermine credibility because they don't like your take on something else. You don't know their motives. You don't know if they're just there to create dissent and argument and fracture yeah. our society. I think identity, again, I think identity solves a lot of this problem, but that would probably clear out 60% of the accounts, 40% what of What do you do about people who don't mind their identity, like Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, and just lie and put up all kinds of nonsense and toxic and talk about dangerous nonsense, truly problematic nonsense where she's just lying? At, at what do you, I guess you then remove those players from the system and but, who but decides— I don't, I don't even think she's the biggest problem because I think people will weigh in and say you're wrong. I think the bigger problem— is the thousands of bots that say, all right, here's the, here's the flame we can pour fuel on to divide America. Mm-hmm. And those people don't take responsibility for uh, endorsing or disagreeing with her viewpoint. They just see an opportunity to tear at the fabric of our society and create more rage on the platform. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. the algorithm's like that. I think yeah. she has a right to, take, to have her take on Twitter. And quite frankly, if it's seditious or mm-hmm. it is so traffics and misinformation that's dangerous that results in harm to people, she should be censored and or expelled. But I think the real problem is you take these, these, this crazy and then you pour so much fuel on it with no repercussions. Uh, I think identity is, uh, remember all the, all the, th- the throwing up their arms, we can never moderate the mm-hmm. platform. One account gets rid of 72% of a certain type of misinformation. Right, well, that's according to one study. Uh, People are I think identity, them. I just don't, yeah. I just, I, I think it's too, they play this, it would be impossible card too often. Mm-hmm. If, if LinkedIn can figure out a way to have your identity, if Netflix can figure out a way to have your identity, and not violate your rights and make it a healthier, safer platform, then yeah. I think Twitter can do it. All right. Well, you know, they don't want to do it. It's expensive. That's right. All they of don't them want find to do it expensive. All right. So that leads us to the big story. Amateur investors on Reddit blasted hedge fund managers this week. GameStop, the video game outlet, had a meteoric rise over the past few weeks, mostly driven by a Reddit subpage called Wall Street Bets, although that's in context. A lot of people are doing some reporting. It's a little more complex than than the original story uh, had been. But nonetheless, a group of Reddit's Wall Street Bets board have been promoting a number of stocks, hoping to squeeze the short sellers that have been betting against them. These are stocks that short sellers have piled into, by the way. Let's be clear. On one side, short sellers has been have been over-attacking some of these companies. And so the Reddit Wall Street Bets board was pushing back. In one case, I think in in, in game shops uh, uh, area, I think it was 136% or something like that. Um, the best-known bet has been GameStop, which soared over yep. 10,400% this month. Brian Cohen, the co-founder of Chewy, invested in GameStop last year. His 13-pence stake in the company is now worth $1.3 billion. I, I'm sorry, this is not real money in a lot of ways. It is real money, but it's not real money. Now the Reddit, if he, so he, could, he should sell it if I were him. Now the Reddit group has its eyes on AMC Theaters, BlackBerry, among the other short stocks, all companies that are in distress, really, mm-hmm. and have been attacked by short sellers. And, and their actual core businesses are in distress. AMC stock, nonetheless, already shot up 200%, despite the fact that its recent financial statements have been pretty weak um, due to the pandemic um, and other issues around people shifting their um, watching to home. And BlackBerry, I don't even want to go into it. It's, there's yeah. just such a long book about, there's books about what happened to BlackBerry. So, Scott, 
let's talk about this. We can talk about your take if you want, but you had a take about this being a bunch of men gone wild, essentially. Yeah, so let's let's separate the two. Let's try okay. and understand what what is what, or what is going on here. I'm fascinated, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And I'm actually doing, or it'll be out by the time this podcast release or dropping. I'm doing a podcast with Aswat the Motor and my colleague at NYU, who's much smarter about this stuff mm-hmm. than I am. But effectively, stocks move for several reasons, and this is I'm parroting Matt Levine, who I think is fantastic at Bloomberg. And they move on fundamentals, mm-hmm. so their earnings go up or their growth goes up. Or an activist comes in, as this guy Chewy did, and says this company's undervalued and it's been hit too hard. Mm-hmm. And it moves up based on some sort of Fundament. underlying fundamental reason specific mm-hmm. to the company relative to its peers. The second reason, and let's be clear, that might have happened when the stock went from 4 to 40. Mm-hmm. It's hard to it's hard to attach to any fundamental move when the stock goes from forty to four hundred and fifty would open this morning. So it's probably not fundamentals, and I think even the redditors would would agree with that. The mm-hmm. Wall Street bets guys, yeah, then they they note that they note that. Then there's technicals, and mm-hmm. that is if a stock is vastly uh, has incredible short interest, and for whatever reason it moves up, the people who borrowed stock and have to deliver it back at a certain price want to cover their shorts, and they have to go out and buy more stock, which creates this nitro meets glycerin effect. And the stock runs people through a crowded door, what mm-hmm. is referred to as a short squeeze. Right. The third thing, or the third and maybe the fourth thing here that's sort of unique to this is that, and this is where I kind of all think, I, I'm trying to look at the underlying primal reasons why this is happening. Mm-hmm. In 1989, people under the age of 40 had uh, 19% of the nation's wealth. Now they have nine. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of younger people, younger investors, younger cohorts across every professional class are sort of fed up with a construct in a system that always seems to leak wealth from them to quote unquote, the establishment run by previous generations. Mm -hmm. And this, to a certain extent, is sort of, I don't want to call it a coordinated attack, Mm -hmm. but it's a coordinated movement for the stock. Now, now, this isn't anything people describe it as a mob, market manipulation. It might be both of those things, but it's no less or more of a mob or market manipulation than what a lot of long and short hedge funds have been doing for a long time. Let's focus on them because that is absolutely true. I think it's fair. They've been sort of treated as if they're this group of dummies. No, they're just better at it. They're just leveraging new mediums. The way Kennedy Mm -hmm. leveraged TV and Mm -hmm. quantum traders leverage supercomputing. They're leveraging new platforms. Good for them. The the fourth thing, though, and where I think it gets dangerous is that I think it's being described usually by people who don't have identity linked to their accounts Mm -hmm. as a movement. Right. And the problem is, okay, here we are. You've invaded Castle Black. You've taken down the boomer hedge fund. Good for you. You are now running and owning the castle. Is the person next to you going to keep or hold that stock for the movement, or at some point, are they going to decide their own financial security is more important? And just as there was a stampede into this thing, there's a stampede out. And is there a danger that a lot of people who are either for, in it for the movement or first-time investors get really, really hurt here? Because at some point, at mm-hmm. some point, as They're someone who started- The bag as, will be held by someone. Well, I, I started, my first job was in uh, Morgan Stanley. I was on the floor of the stock exchange when it melted down in October of 1987. I was 22 years old. Uh, the reason I'm somewhat financially secure is because of the markets and stocks. I, I love stocks. And what my observation, observing the markets for the better part of a quarter century, is that the arc of the attachment to the underlying fundamentals of a company may be curved, but it bends towards, at some point, attach, reattaching to the fundamentals of the stock. Mm-hmm. And we have a company that opened this morning at a valuation greater than Best Buy. GameStop is GameStop is $6.5 billion. This is actually a company. Equity means ownership and rights to mm-hmm. 
um, cash flows and present value of growth opportunity. And this is a company that's six and a half billion dollars, especially retailer that is losing money and is in decline because my kids who are obsessed with video games, we've never been in a GameStop because we download everything. And then it opened this morning at a valuation greater than Best Buy, a $60 billion company that is profitable. It's got a greater valuation than Restoration and Hardware and Restoration Hardware and William Sonoma combined. Amazing retailers and growth categories. It's got a greater valuation than a mall we could never get into, specifically Simon Properties. So at mm-hmm. some point, yeah. at some point, does the movement or the people who have bought into the movement by people with no identity, does it get crushed? But this is- Who gets crushed here then? One the, of the other the things- The guy who bought at 400. Yes, right. So let me just say, one of the things they're also talking about now is that there's other players here in these these anonymous areas uh, that yeah. might be that might be bigger hedge funds trying to screw middle side because it put a couple of hedge funds out of business it looks yeah. like and it's, a lot of people feel the hand of a sneaky one of the sneaky bigger hedge funds. oh there's shit using, going on here we're going to you know what I mean I think that's this. why the SEC has to and and what happens is on one hand this is exciting and it's it's interesting that that that, that, the, that the attacks on, look sometimes short sellers are great sometimes they're just as abusive and suck money out of the system and play ridiculous financial games in the same way. But it doesn't mean that it's the way, nothing here is about the fundamentals of the company. That's one. Two, um, I think Alex Stamos had a good take. There's tons of really good takes on Twitter, by the way, FYI. Um, He said, Reddit had some thoughtful policy people thinking through, oh, he goes, "Uh, the Wall Street bets manipulation of GME is now the best template for how one could monetize an influence operation. Of course, Alex Mm -hmm. worked for Facebook and he knows that. Reddit has some thoughtful policy people thinking through these issues, but I'm not sure they have a dedicated influence ops uh, focused investigation team like Twitter and Facebook. If they leave WSB up, they will need one. Uh, people are incorrectly reading this as a defense of hedge funds. It is not tax uh, their carried interest as W2 income. Who do you think is going to be messaging everybody the well-followed channels and lots of Reddit gold to drive the next rally? Of course, it's going to Wall Street's going to get in here because they're the greediest of greeds. And so that's one of the issues. And the other one um, is that... Um, that someone will be left holding this bag. And in a lot of ways, it's the companies because right now GameStop, everyone's like, now they can buy things. I'm like, no one's taking their stock. No one's taking their stock. Not one person will be taking their stock or they could get bought. And I'm like, no one will be buying. They can't, they can't, they're, they have frozen this company in in a way that is, that it 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 has nothing to do with the company. People are treating it like cryptocurrency right now. It's right. Exactly. And do. so that's what I, I'm like. All, there's people working for this company, including AMC Theaters. AMC Theaters has got to revive as a business, not as a speculative game for people, whoever they are, whether they're hedge fund people hidden as these people or these people, which I think they're very dedicated. But it gets to that idea of democratization of stock market. And I think, you know, we have had issues with Robinhood and how they do that. But this idea of, of like, we're not stupid. You, It's so interesting when you hear, and I'm not comparing the capital people, but a lot of people who are disgruntled and want went run to Trump is we're, no one's hearing us. We're we will be heard, mm-hmm. um, and it has the same sort of tone of we we're tired of Wall Street screwing us. And I think this is part of what happened when the banks didn't get nobody went to jail in the banking mm-hmm. crisis. Nobody yeah. went to jail in the mortgage crisis. They're a hundred percent right that this is a silly game and they're showing, to me, what they're showing is what a silly friggin' game this is. Like for, And that Wall Street people tend to, um, to tend to win it. The casino tends to win and what a casino it is. Um, so that's what's going to be interesting. And when you, when they sort of pull it apart and see who was in these things and how do you, how do you make these, these, so what, what happens next? Well, this is, this is really interesting. And first off, so, uh, 
people compared this to Tesla. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is no Tesla. And well, I'm not a fan of Tesla. Elon Musk entered the picture here because he well, hates short sellers. But see, that's the problem is that, okay, so what do we have here? And this goes to- I He, think, ha- he what, hates short sellers and they've gotten killed because of, of yeah, this and, success. And, and by the way, in some ways it's inspiring. They're not doing anything- that short sellers and other hedge funds don't do, but their weapons are CNBC and investor relations conferences and going on background and going on mm-hmm. message boards. And these guys have just leveraged new tools to better effect. But the problem is, is so Tesla goes up 8X. Uh, Iomega used to go up. I remember Iomega used to go up uh, 80 or 100% in a day. This has gone up 80 fold mm-hmm. in the last um, several weeks. And mm-hmm. like, I think it's sort of this perfect cocktail of volatility. And the first is, um, you have new mediums that people leverage to coordinate. The second is, and this is where I got in trouble, I think a lot of young men are at home and bored and not attaching to work, not attaching to school, not attaching to relationships. And uh, the young brain is very creative, very risk aggressive, and the young male brain is more prone to a type of addiction called gambling. Mm -hmm. And I think when you put a weapon of mass destruction, specifically a phone with a Robinhood app on it, and then you have really impressive billionaires who they they idolize weigh in. Chamath did. Chamath probably had And sort of egg them on, egg them on, and they see everybody making money. Okay, it's fun when you take the castle, spirit of camaraderie, but the problem is now what? And I worry, I worry. And they'll say, well, this is an excuse for, okay, your concerns are nothing but another another means of, of not letting a younger generation have access to the same returns that your generation has had. I think that's a fair point. But I do worry that there's a lot of young men and a lot of depression that's going to incur when the, quote unquote, righteous invaders here head for the exits as Chamath did. Chamath sold his stake when mm-hmm. it ran up. He was mm-hmm. in the thing for about – and to be clear, he's donated his proceeds to, to charity. He's been very open about it. He said he wanted to learn. But this this feels to me, I, I was anxious last night. I, I imagine, and I'm projecting, mm-hmm. I, I coach a lot of young men and I see them spending too much time on their phone trading Bitcoin because they're bored. Mm-hmm. And uh, the male, young male brain is very prone to addiction specifically around gambling. And I heard immediately last night from a lot of men who said, I am 35 and married. I just saw this as an interesting way to make money. And your generation has made money like this just with different vehicles. That's a fair point. Mm -hmm. That's a fair point. When the castle all of a sudden, when the white walkers of the market show Mm -hmm. up and say, okay, we're going to start thinking of this thing as an actual stock and start looking at valuations, the guy, your brother in arms next to you is going to head for the door. And just be careful. If this thing can go up 80-fold, it can go down 90% in 48 hours. So, look, it, it, understand your risks. The market is risk. There's incredible learning here. But just understand the risks here. What an intelligent assessment of this, Mr. Bad Tweeter. <laughs> Let me just tell you. But people, what did you not like? So let's, uh, because, let's dive into this. I, I, think, I have shitty takes okay. all the time, but yeah, let's yeah. dive into my shitty take. I here. think you were, it felt like, this is what I read and what a lot yeah. of women read, especially, and a yeah. lot of people, because I got in line stop, stopping listening to this show because of Scott, um, was, was essentially, he's blaming that they're not getting sex for their incel behavior. You know what I mean? Like, essentially. And 
I think it's a whole lot more complex than that. And it, there are elements of addiction here, the, the issues we talk about around Robin Hood, around boredom, which you just intelligently explained, which you cannot do on Twitter. So I think it ha- you, you sort of leaned heavy into the it's bored men who aren't getting sex kind of thing. Like that's, okay, so, uh, that's what I read. That's so what I, I'm not the only one, so don't noted. try to gaslight me on this. Wait, Rebecca, you're, Rebecca you're, my, you're my focus group. Did you read my tweets? Did you find them offensive? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. And, and, and how did you interpret it? What, what, look, what? you stepped into a trope that we all live in all the time is the problem. Hmm. I think women always live in a world where we're held accountable for men's behavior, specifically around sex. And here was a moment where you just read it wrong. And I know yeah. you personally. And what I appreciate about you is you always come back and you're like, huh, I thought about it. And maybe you're right. But you just stepped into our world without thinking about it. Yes. That's fair. Which men do all the time. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's just that you did what men do all the time. You didn't do something new or outrageous. You just did what men do. Anyways, I I, I wasn't offended because I know you, but I got several text messages from friends that I talk to all but once a year being like, get your boy. What's Scott doing? FYI, just right, on GameStop, sure. it opened right. at 480 this morning. Yeah. What is it's it now two? at 264. Yep. Of course. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. so many young men are going to get so fucking smoked in this thing. It's so yep. smoked. Yeah. And they are going to be Hopefully it's just so like $100 depressed. That's the thing also, Scott, is I was like, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I know you and I know your background mm-hmm. with Robin Hood and I totally understood where you're coming from. But you stepped into the wrong narrative. 100%. No, I, I think you're, I think you're. Thank um, you, Rebecca. I think your analysis is the right one. I just read the room incorrectly. Yeah. First off, um, I think a young bored man is a dangerous human being. Right. Um, and- uh, and women took that as it's our responsibility to somehow serve as guardrails. Mm-hmm. Most of the young men I, who I were friends with in college were having sex with other men. So mm-hmm. I don't pin this on women, nor did okay. I say, nor do I say <laughs> that it's women's days. obligation. Right. Okay. It's, that's a true story. But it's not about sex. It's about, it's about a lot of things. No, but go ahead. okay. But Sorry. I stand by this, Kara. Okay. All right. Men behave better when they are in the pursuit or they engage in relationships. And sex mm-hmm. is a key component and bridge to a relationship. Okay, all right. And there is sure. nothing wrong. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, both yeah. men and women aren't attaching to things, including relationships. Gen Z is having sex later, which quite frankly, I think is a bad thing. 50% of young people are seeing mm-hmm. their friends uh, as much as they used to. That is really dangerous yes. for mental health. And I think it leads it leads to risk aggressive and bad decisions, especially gambling amongst Young men. So when I say this is about guys not getting enough sex, it has nothing to do I with. Get I'm not it. But you understand women- why in the world I get it. But in the shorthand, that, when it's so complex, this is a complex story where there's lots of things happening. Ultimately, yeah. But no but, one bothered to read the next five tweet. My my no. my five tweets. And also, <laughs> I've done some information on this because I'm yeah. desperate for affirmation and very yeah. sensitive and a delicate I little see flower. That. You the are majority really of the really toxic. It. Hold on. The yeah. majority of the really toxic tweets coming after me. Yeah. Are redditors who are yeah. some of the same people pumping this thing. Yeah. And by the way, you know, if the kind of the- Well, feminist- you're also insulting them. Maybe they are smart. I mean, I think one of the things they're talking about and some some of the, I, w- I went onto these boards and we was reading a lot of them. They're actually super smart research people, I have to say. Some have great analysis. Great analysis. Great. And I think they don't want to, they're yeah, not, it's not stupid. Yeah, not here. Not around GameStop. There is no, there is no, no fundamental no, analysis no, no. that justifies what's going on No, but they say that in their, they do say that. And I think ultimately the original 
idea of these short, the original idea of these shorts piling on to companies like Tesla or GameStop. And it needs to be stopped. The, this group of people need who are who are benefiting are, are sort of vultures on the system, you know, or, or, or hyenas on the system. They need to be taken down. Now, I think in the interim, other hedge funds took right. advantage of that feeling, and they're making bank. I, I, when this all sorts out, I suspect bigger company, bigger bigger Wall Street firms will have been on both sides of we're this. We're going to find out hedge funds were in here on the board pumping it themselves. Yeah. So it's the reminded me of iOmega. That's what happened back then. It turned out there were all kinds of I, players. I think they're fighting the wrong city hall. They're, they're, they're stating this as some sort of movement against the young versus the old. And I want to legitimize they have their rage is warranted. Mm-hmm. But if you think about the alternative investments uh, industry, it's actually quite a young industry. It's, it's quite frankly, it's women of color that should be angry at alternative investments community. There just aren't that many women or that many people of color in this industry. But if you walk into a hedge fund, I work with a lot of them. Mm-hmm. It is kids. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe there's an old white dude's name on the door, but it is mm-hmm. a fairly young industry. And mm-hmm. you're going to find that a lot of those people, they claim they're tearing down, are in here making money and manipulating this thing. And, but yep. good for them. I think it is a passing of the baton. I think calling them a mob or saying it's market manipulation. Okay, then every short seller and yeah. every hedge fund is trying to incite a mob and mar- manipulate the market. They're just better at it. You're just angry because they showed up. And just the way a, sh- a company that's all short tries to come in and crush a company. And I agree yeah. that at some point you're just piling on and making it very difficult for a company. Yeah, I don't you think I've ever- you, you can't figure out what this is going on here in a lot We're of ways. We're going to find think, out a lot yes, here. Yes, of course. We're I think. And, and so what should the SEC do? Investigate, right? They were saying well, they just got their jobs. They just literally were moving in their offices and setting up their pens and papers and stuff like so that. So this goes to my prediction. But By the I way, the it, last SEC commissioner, may I just say, was yeah. known for ma- taking taking the brakes off way too much in terms of not no enforcement. Doubt. And that guy has done all kinds of like 10, 10 or 12 things that has led to this ability to what has happened here. And by the way, I'm not for like the old system at all, like necessarily. Yeah. It's just that there's been a lot, there's been, as usual in the Trump administration, not much watch in the store kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and, and there's two kind of, there's two key issues here that the SEC needs to weigh thoughtfully. The first is, do retail investors end up being the ones, the, the ones with no seat to true. sit in, that bought yeah. in at $400 because they saw people they admire, they saw this thing going up? and get uh, get unnaturally hurt through market manipulation. And at the same time, that argument has been used to preclude or inhibit uh, smaller investors from investing in better opportunities, accredited investors. Okay, so you're saying only rich people have access to these types of investments. So there's two sides of that story. The other thing is, does this type of coordinated activity introduce so much systemic risk into the system that it creates a threat to markets, which are really important in terms of capital formation, investing, saving. But whatever they do, they're going to have to do it on both sides of the wall here. If they want to go after the redditors, they've got to go after the short funds and the long funds. They're going to ha- if they if they think there's too much market volatility or systemic risk, then they're going to have to say, okay, well, everyone's involved in this, and you, I just don't think they're going to be able to, nor should they, mm-hmm. go after these folks and pretend that they're any more or less guilty of anyone else that has been playing the system, whether it's yeah. through supercomputers. So or coordinated. What's Reddit's responsibility here? I think Reddit. Uh, so I don't. I'm. Cur- I, I'll. I'll pivot back to you. My gut is 
is that Reddit is trying to be thoughtful around this. They are. They have been, I have to say. And trying to thread a needle with a tiny, tiny eye. Yeah, he has talked to me about that. Steve Huffman, the CEO, is like, we don't have the amount of time to, or or the the staff and money to to moderate as much, even though they did a whole lot more. They talk about a company that's tried very hard to control itself compared to the bigger companies. But they they certainly, and they certainly don't have the resources to do that. And so it'll be really hard for them to really bring in, you know, they'll have to shut down some things they may not want to shut down. And then they'll get people get all mad at them as usual. But And in this case, instead of things where they shut down, which were racist and, and sexist, in this case, everyone's like, you're shutting down our financial future kind of thing. So it should be, a re- it's a really interesting moment right now for these things. But it's interesting. The last thing, Scott, is media uh, mm-hmm. and their focus on it. I think a lot of the media takes initially have initially treating this group like a bunch of dummies was just, I really didn't like, and defending hedge funds who are so, would like sell your mo- sell their mama for, you know, five bucks, essentially, a lot of these people. So what, what do you imagine, what do you think about the media and their role. So just, I'm name dropping and doing real time right. here, but I just got a call from Stephanie Rule and she yeah. just texted me to be mindful of this. And I want to disclose, I'm an investor in public, which yeah, is a competitor right. That's what I was going to ask you about. Yep. And Interesting I disclosed it on this change. show. Yep. I invested in them after I went on a rail against Robinhood. You did. And they reached out and they said, we are not allowing margin. We are not allowing options. We are about education. I'm going on a live stream. It's a community. It's also a community investment. 40% are women. (laughs) It's people of color. They're taking a different approach, and I wanted to be supportive. I also think it's an opportunity. I like the space. I like online trading. I just think that there's toxicity that one player specifically is ignoring. But Stephanie just texted me, you need to be careful of this. So uh, thank you, Stephanie. And I want to disclose it over and over. Mm -hmm. I'm an investor in public, which I think is the good side. Mm-hmm. Of, All right. Um, so the media, last question, then we have I'm to sorry, go on go to ahead. our next thing. So the me- what is the media's role? Because I think they kind of did this sort of broad brush because I had like normal people say, explain this to me, Kara. Like everyone got interested in this story and it was painted as sort of this weird attack on Wall Street. And I'm not so sure that's what happened here exactly. This, this narrative is, is, look, is, this is very complicated. This is nothing different than it's been going on from traditional players. They're just, just as, like I said, uh, uh, Churchill used radio. They're using a new medium and mm-hmm. good for them. It, in some ways, it's very inspiring. The question is, on both sides of the traditional guys, the short sellers, the people, the long guys who use bots or go to investment conferences, at some point- are there certain regulations? So, for example, when I was an activist investor, if you ever coordinated with someone in your group that you're coordinating with amounted to more than 5% of the outstanding stock, you had to disclose who you were mm-hmm. and what your intentions were. Mm-hmm. So, at some point, when does a community of people officially be uh, coordinating? Yeah. But the SEC has got to be really very hard. careful yeah. not to be seen. So, quite frankly, I've always felt the SEC is not protecting investors. They're protecting management. They yeah. put in place all these regulations that makes it hard to kick uh, uh, to kick directors out of a company, to kick management out of a company. And the SEC can't be seen as someone who's just pr- who is just protecting the establishment of old white guys and not mm-hmm. letting people under the age of 40 weigh in and do the same thing, the yep. same thing that long and shorts do, but just do it better. Right. But there, we're going to find out. We're going to find out that the people that they think they're invading the castle and hanging mm-hmm. – are, are many of the ones in there pumping it and Indeed. making money right Indeed. now. It should be interesting. And all I, I just, the, the warning I got to give to people and your big boys and big girls, and there's right. not only learning about investing, there's life lessons around sometimes losing money. 
If you're in this thing at a valuation that is impossible to justify around a specialty retailer of this size, just keep in mind you are speculating. And you're not even just gambling because gambling, if I get up from the table at Blackjack, the other people don't get hurt. And when you gamble, you sort of know, okay, this is consumption and maybe you have a problem, maybe you don't. But just be mindful, I would say to the retail investors, especially first-time investors, when you buy a specialty retailer at eight times revenues that is losing money, at some point when it reattaches to fundamentals, um, it's not going to be likely trading at $450 a right. share. Just right. be mindful of that. You're yep. a grown-up, make your own decisions. Right. Uh, and the SEC has to be careful not to be seen as just favoring the establishment. Yeah. Well, Scott, that was an intelligent take. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I am glad we have this, I have this effect on you. Are you ignoring me? No, I'm sorry. I was, I'm, I, I, it went, uh, I'm with my, I'm with my other, my other favorite person, Stephanie, Stephanie Rule, who's I see berating that. me right now. He, she should. Thank you, Stephanie. Give him a hard time. I, well, she's, I actually can't hear No, me she's now. like, be careful. Tucker Carlson is going to eat your face. And I'm like, what, you're talking about sex now? What's going on here? <laughs> Oh my God! You can't. You need, today. You do not get any any rude penis remarks to make. You have you're you're completely out of them. Focus on me over here. Look up. Look eyes up. And eyes don't. Te- up. I'm sorry. Don't text me late at night and be angry at me. It upsets <laughs> I wasn't, me. Oh my God! Really? It upsets me. Ugh, Stop that. You know what? You're like a kid Stop that, that like makes a big mess, and then you're like, "How dare you note my big mess?" No, I'm not even good. <laughs> Love me. Don't judge <laughs> no, me. No, listen. Let me tell you. Love you just me. literally told people you're a big boy. You're a big boy, Love Scott Galloway. You're a big boy. You can take. You can take it. Anyway, Stephanie Rule. I will text you at seven in the morning next time and call you an asshole. All right. All right, Scott. Let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the changes in Google's Political Action Committee funding and a listener mail question. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child 
didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Scott, we're back. Pay attention. Google's Political Action Committee will stop funding its members of Congress who voted against the presidential election results. Google's PAC donated to Senator Ted Cruz's Senate campaign in 2017 and 2018. Earlier this month, tech companies including Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Microsoft said they'd be pausing contributions for their political action committees in the wake of the insurrection at the Capitol. Meanwhile, this week, a group of congressional Democrats sent a letter to the CEOs of some of the major social media platforms saying that, quote, violent insurrectionist mob was radicalized in part in the digital echo chamber that your company designed, built, and maintained, which Carol Swisher has been saying for a long time. They're calling for a fundamental re-examination of the way these algorithms work, which I think there's going to be a lot of pushes around that. Um, so what do you think about, I think money's the big thing. I think a lot of the Republicans who know about this is, are not, are, are worried about the situation. They're not going to be able to raise enough, you know, uh, grassroots money, especially when they rely on all of these corporations, although I think the corporations will be back quietly. Look, as Citizens United and money in politics really is uh, an, an enormous problem. And I've never bought into the notion that money is speech. And what we have is, if you look at the presidential campaign, yeah, just 400 families were responsible for 50% of the donations. Yeah, And then you speedball that influence with think tanks, PACs, the major media companies in this nation are owned by mm-hmm. a handful of families. And what do you know? The 1%, the shareholder class, the establishment has just too much influence over our politics. And we end up with an anemic response to the pandemic because of people being really damaged and by this pandemic. And an insurrection. And what do you know? Uh, that one in five households with children are food insecure because the people who control the government aren't those households. Uh, money in politics is really a cancer. Uh, and so is so is the hardening of our districts and gerrymandering. But there's something's got to give around money yeah. and politics. And this is just, Agreed. okay, all this is, is our side is winning right now. Yeah. You know, the Republicans said, well, well, money is voice when they were getting, Microsoft basically learned from the sins of the father. And that is Bomber and Gates refused to play the game in the 90s. And mm-hmm. what do you know? The DOJ weighed in and broke them up. Yeah. And then they, and they learned from that. And basically all the big tech guys now, their fastest growing expense line isn't R&D, lobbying. isn't AI, it's lobbying. Mm-hmm. Because they learned, guess what? Marco Rubio is coin operated. Yeah. You insert a quarter into Marco Rubio and say, hey, we want for-profit education that preys on the hopes and dreams of lower income yeah, adults. And all of a sudden he'll start talking about how important education. I mean, there are too many coin operated politicians because, yes. because 97% of the people who win office are the ones who raise the most money. Right. And whether it's matching funds, similar to what they do in New York, whether it's what they do in Europe, where you get to a certain amount of signatures, you're guaranteed a certain amount of fun. And then guess what? You know what you have to win on? You have to win on your fucking ideas, boss. Yeah. And your your willingness to go shake hands at Rotary Club meetings, money and politics. Something's got to give, Kara. Professor Galloway goes to Washington. This is such a nice movie. Um, Let me me just— That'll happen. (laughs) 
That'll happen. No, have you seen Twitter as, today? Yes, Jesus, I have. Even yes. my, Do you I, think anything that happens to you doesn't happen to me? Like, hello. Like, hello. I, I get this. How can true. you talk to this man? I was like, I can talk to this man. How can How can you? I know. Do you tell honestly, him because I'm dreaming? I literally. Because he's and dreaming. I can't, of course I can't go. He's an idiot on Twitter. I can't do that because you get all mad. So the, I'm caught in a. Well, that's an option. You were contemplating that? I was. I was like, this time I deserve. he deserves a hit yeah, Twitter smack, no, but I didn't I do want. it. I want you I to be. do it. That's I'm what I want my co-host and pivot to be <laughs> exactly. another guardian of so gotcha. Here's, here's, here's I want you thing. to join the, you know the, the, the feminists who take a tweet as the entire, entirety I, of your view I on everything. I controlled myself. I controlled myself. I'm sorry, people of Twitter. I controlled myself because I know, knew he. I could knock a better insight out of him on this show. Nonetheless, on this issue, I don't think they'll stick with it. It's sort of like the advertisers who left Facebook uh, the people who left Facebook uh, and, and and then came probably are back now and, and did this sort of high dudgeon thing. I do think they should they should commit to never giving people who voted for uh, against the election results any money. They should do something like that. Like we're never giving Ted Cruz. They have crossed the line. That's when what was, I, I would say. We're never giving them. Not we're maybe going to give them. We're never giving them. Well, the money. Lincoln Project is going after Microsoft saying, mm-hmm. look, you can't give money to seditionists. And I think, yeah. look, if you want to play this game where money is I'm talking is to speech, Microsoft about that. Soon. I'm sorry? I'm talking to Microsoft. Uh, Brad Smith, hopefully, about that soon. He's the one that talked about it. He was being honest. He was yeah. saying, this is what we do. We buy This is the game. Yeah. This is the game. I don't think he was saying anything surprising. Yeah. Um, but it, I think they should commit. Okay, here we go. Amazon, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, commit to never, don't pause your contributions. End your contributions to anyone who voted for this. It just says something. It says something. And, 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 and let the chips fall where they may. That's all. Give money to people who don't vote again, vote for insurrection. It'll be interesting to see on the impeachment thing, you know, what those votes are. It looks like those senators have now decided they're going to give, uh, give Trump a pass on that. Which, which, of course, they were. What a Don't shocker. they need just 51, though, to make sure he doesn't no. run again? No, they have to first pass the impeachment, and then they can right. patch the second one. So, no, it, you know, I think it's interesting is a lot of these people would dearly love Trump not to be a factor in the 2024 oh, Cruz election. and Rubio. Yeah. I mean, everything they them, do just, is pose for the cameras for the uh, uh, you know, Iowa Des Moines Register. Or prediction before this is over. Yeah. Those two are never going to be president. Never, ever, ever, ever. Both of them. Careful I'm, I'm gonna, what you say I'm, about who can no. ever, never be president. They're never going to be president. <laughs> this, these two, no, because here's the thing. I got the whole appeal. You, got, of you did. You Trump. saw Trump. I, I will give you this. You yeah. saw Trump. You were able to put your feelings aside and objectively evaluate Trump. Yep. Let me just say, these two, and I'm going to use a term they used against women, Hillary Clinton, they're not even likable enough, either of them. They're not mm-hmm. likable. And people do not vote for not likable people. And both of them, Ted Cruz is the most not likable, but Mar- Marco Rubio, not in a million years do, do, is he appealing in any way as a candidate. I think, I think Tucker Carlson is in a lot of ways, even though he offends most of my sensibilities. I think he's very handsome. Not just that. He's 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 very clever. He's very smart guy. I can see yeah, no I can fearless. see people yeah, liking I him. And I, I like and Tucker. I and Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, nobody likes you. So well, even you know people- what I'm thinking about? You're talking about money and politics. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. thinking about um making a donation to the uh Trump in twenty twenty two campaign for Ivanka to run against Senator Rubio. Just I would just <laughs> no, love to see it. No. I would no. just love to see it. No. Come on. That would be fun. No. Ivanka you live Trump there. You can enjoy yourself. Can Rubio. I just say Florida? That would be so Florida. 
that All would be right. that, uh, would, be that so would be Florida. That would be yeah. so on brand for yeah. us. Speaking of Florida, and I'm, yeah. we're going to go to listener mail section. Olympics. But I've been the Olympics to, are coming no, to Florida. I don't care about that. I've been yeah. trying to get my mom a vaccine there. Your system is so screwed in Florida. Now, she's going to have to fly to New York where she is on a list that is much more organized. The DC list is really organized. I feel like I can reach them. I can look at all the information. Florida, it took me like hours. They had shitty websites, shitty information. Awful. Yeah. Try, was awful. on the phone with them. It, let me just say, the Governor DeSantis, you suck in terms of- Well, uh, here, here's uh, here's where we are, and it speaks to a larger problem. I don't and, care if you don't have enough of them. Your your systems suck. Even if you're telling me no, you're not explaining how I can get but, on a list. But this is part of a, of a 40-year screed started by Reagan, where government is incompetent, so let's defund them, which leads to a self-fulfilling prophecy about ineffective government. And this whole notion- that we're going to decentralize everything and leave it up to the hospitals is nothing but similar to Facebook abdicating responsibility. And Governor DeSantis is, you know, this big, we're going to let the hospitals figure out the vaccination websites. You know what? We need scale. We need the federal government. The federal government is really good at some things. They are really good at defending our borders. They are really good in ensuring that you can't segregate schools. They are, the federal government is outstanding at a lot of things. Yeah, and guess what? Federalized. It, this federalized. needs to be federalized. Yeah, and you these, know, it's so you can fill out a form to get an Am. I can get a ginger ale during this show from Amazon yeah, right now. Come on, agreed. we know how to do this. And now every single county is making its own list system. This is just uh, I, astonishing. And by the way, and Florida in particular, you wasted five hours of my life last night and I still wasn't able to figure out the, anyway, thank you. Come down to Miami, let us make it I'm up not. to you. No, I'm Come not. down to Miami. No, not coming to Florida. Anyway, we were going to, we'll discuss, we're going to discuss the algorithms. We've got to move on, but the no. al- asking these companies to readjust their algorithms, we'll see about that. You know who we'll you would see. love? We'll see about that. What? Uh, the what new mayor I, of Miami. I have talked to him. He and he texts me all the time. I oh, did a little column. I he's p- quoted him in. He's good. France, Francisco Suarez, right? Suarez, Mayor Suarez. Mayor Suarez. He wants us, by the way. He's very eager. Mayor he's, Suarez he texts wants. Me in the, speaking the jungle, of texting in the middle of the night, he texts them. Yeah, in the he's. Night. I like. He's like all over. You. Um, he's he wants, very nice. He's he a wants very the nice jungle man. cat and the dog to host an event in Miami. Yeah, perhaps we will. Perhaps, perhaps bring we, your sunblock. If they don't give my mother a vaccine, no, they can't. I'm not coming down there. They. Ugh, God, I don't I want them to your, help I didn't her. Know your mom. Did I know your mom was in Florida? She's in Vero Beach. Huh. Well, to just to just don't drive around in your car nearby. She has a car, so that's even. Just stay away. <laughs> just, I've met Lucky. That's can't. not a car. It's a weapon. And so she's a that's weapon. That's so a weapon. Anyway, all right. So we're going to move on and take a listener mail question. Let's go. You've got. You've got. I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Hey, Karen Scott. This is William calling from Connecticut. I'm a recent college graduate who has found themselves unemployed due to the pandemic. I'm viewing this as a time to reinvent myself and maybe dive into something new. If you were in my shoes, what industry or sector of the economy would you choose to start a new career in? Something that has large potential upside and will be prevalent for years to come. Thank you. Interesting. I'm going to answer this first because I am teaching a course at University of Chicago, and I just last night talked to a dozen what? students. Yes, hold the even. phone. University of Chicago. Kara yeah, Swisher? I'm a professor. 
I'm Professor Kara Swisher. Are you, are you lecturing or are you an adjunct? What's I the am, deal I am a, in a fellowship that David Axelrod at the, the, pol- the politics. Uh, yeah, I'm with yeah, Tim Alberta, Will Hurd, Representative Hurd, Heidi, uh, Heidi Heidkamp. Um, wow. And we're all fellows in this. <laughs> yes, it's very fancy. We're doing <laughs> it. I should have been in Chicago but because I, I love Chicago. Outstanding institution. But we cannot go. So it is, it is via virtual. And I spent. they have these office hours where I talk to students literally on a Zoom for 20 minutes each. That's and great. all of them were asking this question. So I'm going to answer this first. Yeah. Climate change tech. Thank you. Climate change or food tech? That's where I would go into. It's a really interesting area. It's highly competitive in terms of there's going to be lots of companies in here. And I would focus on investing in climate change, uh, figuring out the problems, whether it's things like cleaning up the mess, like carbon capture or solar, or I just, that's where I would head. I think that's obviously the Biden administration's putting a lot of money into it. Sheldon Whitehouse stopped doing his speeches now because he feels like we're on a better track. I feel like that is an area of great promise. Thank you. All right, Scott, you do it because you're an actual professor. Uh, well, I get, you know, my office hours, uh, kids don't come to talk about brand strategy or strategy. They Job. come to talk, they come basically to ask this question over and over. Um, I think the most exciting areas, I, I agree with you, those are both great areas. Uh, I personally think that the greatest opportunity or the reshuffling of stakeholder capital will be in the largest part of our economy, and that's healthcare. Mm-hmm. And we're about to Absolutely. see 17% of our GDP dispersed from doctors' offices and hospitals to homes. And it's not only a fantastic opportunity economically, it's an opportunity to take primary care and push it out to people who end up in the emergency room because they're underinsured or intimidated. Uh, a, a woman who has a child that suffers from diabetes spends 12 weeks of her life every year managing that child's diabetes. And let's be honest, it's almost always the mom. Uh, and uh, most of that time is spent commuting to and from the doctor's office and then waiting in the waiting room of some specialist. So it's not only a huge opportunity, you're going to see uh, $3 trillion reallocated away from the medical industrial yep. complex. So get in between healthcare and technology. My industry, EdTech, $750 billion in the U.S., a couple trillion dollars. It's not sustainable. There's no reason that kids should be paying $7,000 to take my course, 280 kids, that's $2.1 million for 12 nights of of this. Think about it. All you have to endure is an ad from ZipRecruiter. What a deal. But ed tech is huge. Also, just some lifestyle stuff. Get to a city. Give up on the myth of balance. Work your ass off. Uh, invest in relationships, see opportunities to help other people as an opportunity. And also, Kara, spend less time on your phone and have more sex, specifically attached to a relationship. (laughs) Attached to a relationship. All right, just don't call them incels. Not incels. When did incels become a special interest group? Text. I'll show you. I'm going to send you. I'm not and where, where were you when I was 19? I didn't realize I needed protecting and would, was deserving of care. Inc- I didn't know I was a thing. As usual, typical white man is like, make a mistake and then get defense. My son did this last night. Same thing. Like, I, he wasn't supposed to be at my house for dinner. He was supposed to be at my ex's house. And so I work late. And then I get home. He's like, why aren't you here? And Because he had told me that morning he wasn't going to be there. And I was like, but you told me he wasn't. And then it was he was he was mad at me for something he did. I'm just I am so I am so good at dealing with men who are are do this who displace their anger. So don't even. Don't I need even. it. My angers are embers that that actually inspire a lot of uh, professional insight. I'm so upset. I'm not more successful. 
Yeah. That I try to be, I, I think anger is actually very motivating. It's not actually not anger that you all have, by the way. It's insecurity and that you, where is, mm. where, where is mom in the case of my sons? And in your case, where is Kara to slap the oh, on, Jesus out of me? Yes. Angry, insecure men, i.e. men. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean? No, but why it's do insecurity. You say, those you, men that have testicles. Yeah, that's you, a bit redundant, isn't it? People, insecure, angry men. Not everybody. With many people, it's because they're insecure. And that's where uh, rudeness or anger comes out. <laughs> out of, or I say, I hate myself tweets. less and less every day. Do you know what? Kara. I'm glad that Stephanie Rule was attacking you too. Yeah, she's like, her. now she's coming she's at worse. me. What's the deal? She's, but it's out of you affection. Des- perhaps you affection. deserve it. Perhaps you deserve her. This is someone who cares about you and doesn't want you to no, like drive I, yourself I, into a wall. I That's just perhaps. wrote back. I appreciate you looking out for me. I yeah. need, I need, I need these guardrails. Oh, oh my no. God, oh, no, how oh, inappropriate. How inappropriate that I'm- Do this. I knew you would do this. It's not because she's a woman. It's because she's a badass. Stephanie Rule is a badass. And if she's badassing you, I'm good with it. I'm feeling good with it. Anyway, Scott, uh, uh, William from Connecticut, I I say climate change check uh, or or food. I say tomato. And Scott says, and and one of the other things is an unconventional skill we have that you think people should be learning for the market. Just creative thinking, and you know, not learning Chinese. Maybe you could learn Chinese. I'm whatever. Sorry, creative thinking. C- creative That's thinking. That's your advice. Like, yes, yes. I don't think That's people. That's right up there with Ivanka's advi- advice. You know? to just do something <laughs> different. Creative thinking. Oh, that's actually. You mean you mean that's senator? Thank you. You mean senator Thank Ivanka? Thank you, Kara. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. She cannot be senator. I'm sorry. I I would go down oh, there. God, and, like, I would love that. Knock doors. Just... To say, <laughs> Welcome not for to Marco Florida. Rubio either. Let's find someone else. That maybe you could run. Yeah, <laughs> I think Val Demings would be outstanding. The police yes. commissioner from Orlando. Oh really, yes, let's yeah, get Val Demings. Let's back yeah. her. That's who we back yeah, to get rid of these Demings two grifters. We need to get rid of the grifters and put in Val Demings. Thank yeah, you very much. I agree. Anyway, Scott. Kara. One more quick break. You have a, have a prediction. So when okay, we get prediction. back, you're going to make a quick prediction. Good. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, Scott, prediction time. You have a very short amount of time. What's your prediction? Okay, we're going to see the all day today. That's my prediction. We're going to see the SEC and FINRA weigh in here, uh, but they'll weigh in on both sides and there'll be some sort of regulation or some sort of new guide rules, but it'll impact the existing players recognizing the the new guys aren't doing anything different. Uh, I think they'll get that. Two, the more interesting thing is just as Roblox has dispersed creativity past Activision or Blizzard, such that creators have a platform and can build their own games and then let kids decide what games get oxygen, just as TikTok has built a platform such that Jeffrey Katzenberg doesn't decide who the creators are, Greenlight or CAA. Consumers Mm -hmm. get to decide what content or creativity gets oxygen. We're going to see some sort of platform create um, uh, the opportunity to micro-invest in influencers. And there's some very talented people doing fundamental analysis and also, quite frankly, figuring out tools of influence and persuasion to create alpha and generate returns in the market. And somebody, some very smart entrepreneur is gonna figure out a platform that lets you take 
five, 10, 100 grand yeah. and disperse it to a group of individuals, kind of what I'll call creators or investors. Yeah, this has for been like, tried many times. You know that. This has been something. But go ahead. I think the time is here, though. I think okay. the technology is here. And I think you're going to see a platform that lets you um, participate in this. And because most of us don't have the skills, the time, the inclination no, or they're, they're, to this go is on Reddit and start figuring this I've shit out. I've literally written about this like 10 years ago. This was this idea of new. I remember being at Sundance and they, uh, they, they were talking about this issue of people – uh, being behind the scene, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that you could you could fund in different ways. And at the time, they went right back to the old funding method and it wasn't available. But you're right, there's kind of an interesting, you know, Patreon doesn't get enough credit for a lot of the changes it's made, This I, these constant ideas. But there, there were ideas before Patreon like this um, and some of, some of these others, the Kickstarters, the in, Indiegogo and stuff like that. It, it, it's ripe for how things are funded, it's it, the issue is I think there's some uh, regulatory issues around investments and things like that. But uh, it is an interesting time to do. That's a good prediction. That's and this is what will happen. As soon what? as this airs, I'm going to mm-hmm. get about 100 DMs and uh, tweets saying it already exists and it's called this. I bet it's out there. Yeah. We just haven't heard of it. No, there there had been. I've, been re- I, I've written about it. But it's just how you fund movies. You're right. It has to change rather drastically. And it has been. It's such a weird system. It's such a, a weird relationship-based, you know, bring a rich guy in. Oh, there's a guy from Russia. There's a guy from China. There's a guy from Saudi Arabia, that kind of thing. It's, it's, it's off. It's always a guy, by the way. Um, so I think it's a really interesting area and we'll see, we'll see if you can really break. Speaking of, of industries that have stayed in the, in the dark ages much too long, although there's been lots of changes by some companies, it still does operate a lot in the way it used to. Anyway, Scott, Thank Kara. you so much. That's the show. I feel like we've settled our differences, and I'm glad about that. Um, and uh, I hope you don't tweet today. <laughs> this was a re- step you know, away from, the, from keyboard. the keyboard. But this, you gave a very good explanation, and I appreciate that. So anyway, I'm sorry for the people that are mad at him. I I, I feel your pain, but here's the deal. You know, the dog deserves it. Every once in a while, every once in a while, the dog should get you know a little paper whap on the nose. No, no whap. They told me to beat the cra- living crap out of you. Just so you know, but I did not want to do that. Anyway, go to nymag.com/pivot to submit your questions for the podcast. The link is also in our show notes. Scott, read us out. Today's show was produced by Rebecca Sinanis. Ernie Indratot engineered this episode. Thanks also to Hannah Rosen and Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or frankly, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back next week for a breakdown of all things tech and business. Less phone, more sex. Less phone, more sex. (laughs) Why not both, Scott? Why not both? (laughs) Why not both?